Ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, non-binary pals, and a technical rainbow in between, this is Modular Media, my wrestling podcast. I was going with the M's. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Boyer Radagast, and with me, as always, is my tag team partner, The Vacuuminator. And I just want to start off this week's episode by throwing out a big shout-out to my boy, Joe Biden, for becoming the U.S. champion this week. Here's to a long title reign. And also shout out to my boy Da Undertaker for going on Joe Rogan and proving what an extreme boomer fuck he is. Yeah, but see, everybody's paying attention to the money in the bank winner, Bernie Sanders, though. Yeah, that's true. The mittens, man, the mittens. It really was Bernie Sanders with a steel chair. <laughs> but, uh... This is Monster Media Wrestling Podcast, the weekly show on Monster Media, where I have popcorn in my mouth, and there's technical problems. There's not any right now, don't worry. There were technical please problems God. last week. Not this week, please God. Wait, hold on. Alright. Well, we talk about the wrestling that we liked in the week, uh, as we said, point go writer, there's back over there. Uh, so yeah, wrestling... Stop wrestling. There's a fucking massive amount of wrestling to talk about this week. Some of which isn't actual wrestling, but still. It's wrestling adjacent news. Um, Mm -hmm. And like usual, I watched one show. I like how this is supposed to be your show, but like 90% of it is just me telling you things that happened. Yeah! Uh, hey, hey! It's, it's my than, show, uh, so I have to do less work. It's it's better than the WandaVision show, where it's it's ninety percent you telling me and Buster shit that has very little to do with WandaVision. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> By the way, tune in. Uh, you can go check out WandaVision, our WandaVision cast, which is a little better than a pod, a little worse than a cast. No, other way around, a little worse than a pod, a little better than a cast. That's gonna get fucked up real easy. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, it's a it's a mini series podcast thing where we're doing where we're reviewing every release of One Division that comes out. So go watch first two episode uh, first epi- our first episodes about the first two episodes of One Division. If you want to go listen to it, you can listen to it on Spotify and our channel. If you want to listen to it on Spotify, it is on the Lan- Analytical Fanboys podcast stream. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. And next week we will be discussing the third episode of WandaVision on that podcast, which came out today, and I have already watched it, and oh boy. Um, you know what else I watched? I watched an Impact Wrestling pay-per-view. Uh, technically my first Impact Wrestling pay-per-view, because the one we did for Analytical Fanboys was a TNA pay-per-view. Oh, yeah. Um, but I watched Hard to Kill this week, uh... And uh, there were a few notable things that happened. Uh, First off, they had a new commentary team of Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown. Uh, Still not the best uh, tag team, still not the best commentary team in the world, but much improved over what they did have, I will say. That's good. Um, Also, this is the first Impact show of the COVID era to have crowd sweetening. Before, it was just silent. Um, and now they had crowd noise in the background of the matches, which did help things, except for the few points where Matt Stryker would stop the commentary to go. And here's one of the beautiful things about this era, ladies and gentlemen, is now you can actually 
hear the sounds of the match much better. So let's listen to that for a second, and then crowd sweetening would start. Um, but uh, some of the actual wrestling things that happened, uh, Brian Myers is continuing his slow descent into heelness. Uh, he had a really good match against uh, Josh Alexander on the pre-show that I liked. Uh, you can actually... That's the one match from the show you can watch in full for free because it was on the pre-show, so it's up on their YouTube now. Oh my um, god, he's left WWE and he's still on the fucking pre-show. Yeah. Uh, DK uh, won their uh, mixed tag match that they had. It was a pretty solid match. Um, and then, uh, big surprise, big pop for me, my boy Matt Cardona debuted because... Uh, the partner that he did have for Ace Austin caught COVID, so I, I imagine it was something like, hey, Brian, how quick can Matt get be here? Uh, you can be here in like 10 minutes. Um, but he, ca he came in, and he had a pretty solid match. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, and I hope he does more with Impact. I just hope he does more in general, because up until this, for like the last couple months on the podcast, they've been joking that he was retired. Because he's one of those people that doesn't want to take any indie bookings right now because of COVID. And, but it's Which is only really fair. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. It's just, I want to see more of my boy. I want to I see more of him. Um, but <coughs> then there was... Are you okay? Wrong pipe. Wrong pipe. Popcorn kernel, wrong pipe. <laughs> okay. Uh, but then there was the big thing out of this pay-per-view that everyone was talking about. We had the six-man tag of basically the Bullet Club, Gallows and Anderson and Kenny Omega wearing Bullet Club shirts um, versus Rich Swan, Moose, and... Oh, God, the other guy's name just escaped me. Chris Saban? I think it was Chris Saban. Yeah, I'm going to go with Chris Saban. Uh, Chris Saban for a thousand hours. Um, but... Uh, the uh, the match was very solid. There was a lot of really good action. Uh, made all six guys look like stars. But it ended with Kenny Omega pinning Rich Swan. So we have now officially set up that title match, um, which a lot of people didn't think they were going to do. We thought it was going to be an Impact guy pinning an Impact guy to keep everybody looking pretty safe. But no, it was the AEW champion pinning the Impact champion. So. Pretty, pretty definitively headed in the direction of this uh, collector storyline that they're doing with Kenny. Oh, very much so. Um, also, he won against Moose, so he can technically collect that belt as well. Yeah. Mm. I can see the Kenny promo now. I know it never really was an impact, but still, it's a nice-looking belt. I wouldn't mind having it. <laughs> I'm just, dude, my pants are so loose. They're uh, so loose. I need another belt. Come I just on. thought of something. What I would love to hear a promo of Taz going, what, is Kenny Omega going to come after the FTW championship belt now, too? And Kenny goes and like... Just all of a sudden... No, and Kenny <laughs> just goes like, no, I don't want that belt. And then they have a feud of Taz going like, what, why don't you why want don't the belt? Why don't you want my belt? My belt's not good enough for you? Yeah. This is, what, get, you want my belt. You want my belt! And eventually they end up in a match where Brian Cage puts the belt up and Kenny against Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega wins, and he wins the belt. He's like, I thanks, I don't want this. I don't want it. 
You can have it's it back. That he makes Don, it's one of the ones he makes Don carry around. <laughs> and Don just goes like, I don't want to see there. He's like holding this, it with a handkerchief. It smells like Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, jeez. ECW um, but, jokes. Uh, but then we had Being the Elite on Monday because I... I bought several Being the Elite shirts for the lecture I was going to do at the Modular Summit, and since that's indefinitely put off, I just finally took them out of the drawer I had them in and said, these are a part of my wardrobe now, whatever. So you know, I'm wearing it with the way the world's working, I have a feeling that it's going to be delayed till 2022. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but... Uh, we may have more money and more time, if that's the case. So, try to look on the bright side. And more friends. Uh, yeah, we're we're always we're always looking we're always scouting for that next big hint thing. hint watch WandaVision watch our <laughs> WandaVision podcast keep uh, an ear on the ground for other shows yeah yeah uh, but then we had being being the elite and uh, that opened up with a segment of basically the Bucks's perspective just some added stuff to their whole getting screwed out of a match on Dynamite thing. With them watching the match from backstage and just straight up flipping off the Good Brothers. Um, and then a segment of post-match where Kenny's like drinking some water and cooling off after the match with the Good Brothers. And the Bucks come up and they're like, what What was that? What the hell just happened? And Kenny's like, oh, no, 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 guys, guys, I had no idea that was going to happen. That was that was changed on the fly. And, and Don told me somebody was in his ear about it. You know, we got to... We just, we, I, I just went with it, you know? It, it totally wasn't planned. It, it definitely wasn't planned. But we're going to get out of here now because everybody hates our guts for some reason. So see you later. And Matt, Nick just looks at Matt and he's like, you thinking what I'm thinking? And he's like, are you thinking that they're lying sons of bitches? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And it's, you know what's the weird thing? I just want to point this out. They're from two different eras of Bullet Club. Because Gallows uh-huh. and Anderson were very much more in the AJ Styles-led Bullet Club era. I mean, Kenny Omega was in that era of Bullet Club, but he was a member. He wasn't the leader. Yeah. Oh, have you been seeing the the fucking tweets Tomatonga has been posting about this whole angle? Tomatonga is salty as fuck. I hope it's work. I hope he's not genuinely angry. I mean, I've seen shoot interviews with him, and he's super protective of Bullet Club, so I wouldn't be surprised if we shoot angry. Uh, it, um, it's a sh- go ahead. It's just a shared history. It's not like they're saying we are Bullet Club. It's we were part of Bullet Club. We're brothers in arms. We have each other's backs. That's what it feels mm-hmm. like. And they're using it Bullet Club. Like icon- if, yeah, go. I was I was gonna say it would be like if Roman Reigns showed up in AEW and him and John Moxley were like. Hey, hey, remember when we put our fists together? Yeah, yeah, that that protective barrier thing we did? Uh-huh, yeah. It, it's not even, like, fully like that. It's very much, it, it'd be like them fist bumping, going like, all right, I got your back. You got my back? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, because they aren't even going like, oh, we were, oh, we're artillery. They're not doing anything like that. It's just like, no, we were in Bullet Club. We know each other. We care about each other. We're assholes right now, so we're working together. Yeah. Um, and also, I love how the Bucks are just like occasionally trolling them on BTE. Like a a phrase that's been dropped twice on BTE during segments that feature the Bucks is, "Tama, the betrayal is real." 
<laughs> oh god. Uh, um, but tell me about uh, the Dark Order and the surprise party they had for Hangman. Yeah, there was just a bit where they were like planning and going like, so I was thinking maybe strippers, but I don't know if that's too classy for us, like that kind of shit. And then the camera just slowly panned out, and Hangman's just standing there with a glass of whiskey, and he's like, what are you guys doing? He's clearly drunk as hell, and they're like, Adam, shut the fuck up, get the fuck out of here, we're trying to plan your party! He's like, okay. So that was a funny thing. You know, I hope next BTE they still have the party, and go like, hey, you didn't join us, but you know what, tell our friend. We paid for these strippers, we're gonna use it. It pops out, there's a guy and a gal stripper. Yes. Equal uh, strippertude? Yeah. If you're gonna objectify one gender, objectify both all of them. Objectify all of them. Yes. Uh, then we got a segment of Matt Hardy chewing out Private Party uh, for calling him a money-grubbing carny on Dynamite. Uh, he basically tells them, like, guys, look, I know it seems shitty right now, but I got... I got sour deals like this when I was starting out and they helped forge me into the person I am today. Good shit is right around the corner. Just stick with me. Trust me. Just stick with me. I have your best interests at heart and you need to show that you believe in me by winning our next Dynamite match by any means necessary. Do you understand that? Um, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing shit that would be happening later in the week. That's not even foreshadowing. That's five shadowing. Yeah. Um, and then Chris Statlander kidnapped Brian Pillman. Junior. Uh, yeah, Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> she She's not a grave robber. Uh, but she did take uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, to what she's calling her lair spaceship, which is just the boiler room of Daly's place. <laughs> God damn, and- perfect. And and she and she had him like he was tied up behind a chair, but the way she tied him up with, was with a scrunchie. And she starts asking him all these basic ass questions about humans, and he's like, "This doesn't make any sense. I'm not teaching you any. You're not, you didn't even tie me up. You didn't even tie me up. I'm fine. I can go whenever I want." She's like, "Fine, man. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out. Get, you're in my spaceship. This is my property. Get out of here." And she just takes this little microphone and goes. Experiment number two failed. Does that mean Orange Cassidy is experiment number one? No, experiment number one was uh, Griff Garrison, because she tried to kidnap him last week. Oh, Varsity Blondes. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Um, I do hope, with everything that's going on with him, they somehow cross Statlander back into Cassidy once she's ring-ready again. Uh, do you mean Tony Khan did say he didn't want that on Dynamite? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he said that was kind of more of a BTE segment. Alright. I'm just saying, like, with them going up against a faction that has a woman in it, they kind of need a woman in their faction. And I mean, name another group in AEW who has aliens and their Titantron. (laughs) It's not a Titantron, because that's, like, copyright WWE. What, What would the... Jumbotron, I think, is what most stadiums call it. Jumbotron. Elite-O-Matic. Then we got a bit where uh, Brandon Cutler comes up to Luchasaurus while he's backstage and basically just tries to egg him on a little bit more. And he's like, I'm going to drop the F-word. 
I'm gonna drop the F. Don't you do it? Don't you drop the fucking F word? And he calls him a and he calls him a fossil, and that's the joke. I thought of an insult. I thought of an insult that we that they could use on BTE against Brandon Cutler. That would only you couldn't use it on Dynamite. It have to be on BTE. Okay. You were like fourth edition, long, slow, and a little bit boring. D and D jokes. Uh, Tell me about uh, Leva Bates. Then we got then we got more of the Leva Bates Kip Sabian feud that's been running through BTE, where uh, basically Leva Bates is just like, okay, dude, I can't do this anymore. I can't deal with all these people who are pressuring me on social media. I let you win. All right, get over it. You're not as good as you think you are. And he's like. No, you fucking didn't. No, you fucking didn't. I fu- I've fu- I beat you. I fuck. I beat you, and I'll beat you again. We're having another rematch next week on BTE. And that that was the second that that happened. Fair enough. Um, and then there was a game of beer pong played with white claws to determine the BTE champion between John Silver and Alex Reynolds. But they didn't have time to go out and get ping pong balls before they all had to catch their flights. So they used bottle caps. And it completely threw off everyone's game. Uh, but yet John Silver did still win. He's still the BT champion. Nice. Uh, Gotta keep that gold. He's like John Cena with the US championship right now. And I love it. Um, then we got a sort of post-credit sequence for BT this week where... Uh, the Bucks go up to Matt Hardy and they're like, hey, the room's really nice. We really like it. But uh, we had the key he gave us didn't work. We had to use a locksmith. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I changed the locks so you guys wouldn't have access. You have to come for me to get into it whenever you want it. So I'm going to change the locks again since you got a locksmith. Also, rent is due. What's rent? You never told us what rent is. How much you got? You've got like 50 bucks. Nick, how much you got? Let me see. One, two, three, five, six, eight, fifty. You have eight. Why are you carrying eight hundred and fifty bucks in cash? I just am. All right, I'll take it. And then, like, he walks out, and Nick is just like looking at Matt, like, "Did that really just happen? Are we just dumb baby faces now?" And Matt's just like. Yeah, but it's fine. We're shoot billionaires. Our kids are set for life. Our grandkids are set for life. We're good. We're good. We're shoot billionaires, man. Who cares? And you can tell just like on the inside, they're ready to scream. Ah, well. But now, into some uh, plastic collectibles. And now for something completely different. Yeah. So, uh, so I did, I don't think I saw all this Amazon stuff. So uh, every year, um, Mattel does a, a WWE fan vote figure where you get where they're like, we're doing a figure of this person in the next assortment of this line. You get to pick what gear it is. Um, so this year they're doing a new Ultimate Edition Hulk Hogan, which little cheap they just did an ultimate edition hulk hogan but it was hollywood hulk hogan this is hulkamania kind of hulk hogan um and so they basically said you guys can decide between three different gears uh wrestlemania 9 is wcw nitro debut gear 
or the gear he wore at WCW Uncensored 1996. Is um, that the third man? I think so. I think that was right before he he became... The, no, the third man happened at Bash in the Beach. So this is like right before that. Okay. Um. Uh, but a lot of people are pulling for the WCW Nitro debut because apparently that gear has never been made as an action figure. And I can understand that. But personally, I voted for WrestleMania 9 just because it's the most, like, evergreen Hulk Hogan looking out of the pictures they showed. And, like, if you're doing the ultimate edition figure of Hulk, you want the most evergreen version. I mean, like, I hate Terry Bollea, the person. I think he's a racist piece of shit and a politicking asshole. I love Hulk Hogan, the character. I think, I think like, peak... 80s WWF Saturday Night Main Event Hulk Hogan is cheesy, wholesome fun. So I, I kind of want a Hulk Hogan that is that gear. And the rest this version as the WrestleMania 9 would be the best way for me to get that. Because the only other way they've done a Hulk Hogan that's in that gear is a couple of basics. And I don't buy the WWE basic figures because they have shitty articulation. And a... Uh, defining moments figure that is insanely expensive now um so i would probably get this no matter what gear but personally i'm pulling for wrestlemania 9 i can see that uh, but you can vote for that on the wwe website right now and uh the winner will be revealed i'm guessing sometime next month because they usually do this and then they reveal the winner at toy fair and toy fair would normally happen in february but Toy Fair's not happening this year because of COVID, so... Are they not doing a people... virtual Toy Fair? No, uh, they're just not doing Toy Fair this year. Okay. And I think most companies are going to be doing their own, like, virtual thing. Like, I'm expecting Hasbro is going to announce another Hascon in the next couple weeks. Because uh, they're bringing back the Fan First Fridays next week. They're, they're doing a Star Wars one uh, next week. Um... And I would not be surprised if they if Mattel does what they did in place of SDCC panel uh, the last year, still getting used to referring to 2020 as last year, uh, but they did a live stream of the reveals on the WWE YouTube channel hosted by the Elite Squad, which is Bill McKenna, Sam Roberts, uh, Johnny Gargano, and Candice LeRae. Oh. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. But then, uh, just today, actually, we got final product shots for the next uh, two waves of WWE figures. Uh, Elite Collection 84 and Legends Series 10. Um, we already knew what was coming in these waves, but this is like the best pictures we've gotten of them. We've only had renders up until now. So I'll go ahead and run these down real quick. In uh, Elite Collection 84, we have Rhea Ripley, who I've already pre-ordered because I love Rhea Ripley pre-last WrestleMania. <laughs> um, so I've got I've already got that pre-ordered. It's coming from ringside sometime in the next couple months. Um, Angel Garza, who is pretty cool because he's coming with soft good pants, so they can do the rip away gear gimmick thing. Um, Seamus, in his, like, recent return gear where he's got the shirt with the dragon eating it something. I don't care. Ouroboros. Um, ah, yeah. Uh, Buddy Murphy, specifically Messiah Maniac Buddy Murphy, which, again, don't care. Um, 
return uh, going into Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, which I haven't seen that storyline, but I gotta admit it's kind of tempting just to have a Roman Reigns that can be both face and heel Roman Reigns. Like, that kind of seems like that would be the optimal Roman Reigns figure It doesn't look like he's just shield, you know? Yeah. Um, Jeff Hardy, who is the figure that has a variant in this wave, and again, I'm I don't care for this version of Jeff Hardy, but I'm kind of tempted to pick it up anyways just because I needed a Jeff to go with my mat forever. Um, and then uh, Zelina Vega, which will probably be her last WWE figure for reasons. Um, and it's her wearing the uh, gear she wore while she was... Uh, um, oh, I forget what the actual name of that faction, but the, the faction on Raw that Ollie Davis referred to as Zelina Vega's getting a sexy man. Yeah. Um, uh, it's that gear, and that's a very good look for her. So, I kind of want the fi- that figure for that reason as well. Um, then we had a Legend Series Ten, which is DDP in the gear he wore at Halloween Havoc 1996. And say what you will about the rest of that pay per view, I fucking love that title match. So I need this DDP. Um, then we have a uh, Big Van Vader in his WCW debut gear, complete with the big fucking Mastodon helmet. Oh, man. I kind of need that, too. Yeah, no, yes. I, fuck WWE. That's a good... It's Vader. It's Vader. Yeah. Yes. Um, then we have John Cena in his Ruthless Aggression debut gear. However, he also comes with an alternate modern John Cena head... And the Mr. McBoss Man puppet. So this is Funhouse Match Cena. I need this Cena. It's Funhouse Match Cena, and they went, "Hey, we already have this this body mold. Let's just go ahead and turn it into prototype." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's two Brutus the Barber beefcakes that I can give two shits about. Yeah. You mean the guy uh, who was only relevant because he was friends with Terry? Yeah. Gotta get that hookup for Brother Bruda. Uh, but then, moving over to AEW, we got some reveals for the Unrivaled collection, as well as some other news. Uh, Jeremy Padauer of Jazzwares revealed on his Twitter that the full lineup for S- Series 4 will be Santana, Ortiz, Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara, who was already confirmed, Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega. And um, a couple days later, we got a leak image of uh, Santana, Matt Hardy, and Kenny Omega. And I am very much of two minds about this lineup because, on the one hand, it's the same thing we said about the Bucks with Series 3 of like, they're popular wrestlers, it's a different gear, you want to get them back out there. But also, they're taking two slots that could have been filled by a female talent in this wave, so that kind of bugs me, especially because we teased Hikaru Shida for Series 2 and still haven't seen head or tails of her. Yeah, but you also gotta think, this isn't just Kenny Omega, this is Kenny Omega, probably with the proper hair that uh-huh. they that he didn't have originally. Yeah. Uh, and the gear he's in is, uh, I checked, it's the gear he wore while he was tagging with Hangman. Um, and that's gonna be a gear that people are gonna want to have. Mm-hmm. 
And I would be very surprised if Cody isn't uh, TNT champion, Cody. Um, which, if it is, I'm going to have to get that. I'm going to have to. I, just I hope it's fuck. a silver belt, and I hope they only ever produce the gold belt, red, uh, gold plate, gold, uh, red belt with Brody Lee. Yes, definitely. Um, Matt Hardy. I'm ex- I, I, I definitely want it because I like Matt Hardy. <laughs> But why the fuck are we getting Matt Hardy so soon when he didn't debut until like a year and a half into AEW's existence? Why is he leapfrogging so many other people on this roster? Because he is popular, because he is well-regarded. Because they probably also thought that broken stuff would get over more and he'd be huge. Mm -hmm. Why is he single-carded? Didn't Jeremy Padauer say that he wanted to do a box set of every version of Matt Hardy a few weeks into the multiverse gimmick? Yeah, but Where's remember... that box that, set, Jeremy? That also ended that after, set. like, three weeks. Fair. However, Santana and Ortiz, very excited about their good boys. I need them. Yes, um, Sammy. I'm still not happy with Sammy's face sculpt, but I'll probably end up getting him if I see him on a if peg, I remember, Is, it, his, is, is another... it him doing the tongue thing? Yeah. Yeah. Which he hasn't done since he joined the Inner Circle. He did it on the first episode of Dynamite, and that was it. He did it a couple times after, but he hasn't done it, like, in the last year. Yeah. Um. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk about personally with this line. I'm not pre-ordering this wave. Because I'm I'm slowing my roll on pre-orders in general. Uh, I'm going to, once a week, I toy hunt. Two days after I've gotten my paycheck and taken care of my bills, I will do that. I'll hit my local Walmarts and Targets, and I'll go by my local toy store if I've got any money left. And that will be it. I'm, I'm not pre-ordering anything unless it's like a super exclusive thing that I can't get any other way. Like, I've still got, I haven't canceled, because I won't be paying for them until they come in stock, I've still got my pre-orders for all the Hascon exclusives, which are shipping in March. Um, but that's about it. I say that's uh, very reasonable. So, so, I'm not pre-ordering these, mainly just because it got to the point where I was pre-ordering everything I was interested in, and all of a sudden my pre-orders felt like a Damocles sword hanging over my head of don't spend your money, don't fuck with your money at all, you can't spend any more money than you absolutely have to because you have all these pre-orders. And it was like, toy collecting is not fun this way, so I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, but getting back into actual news here, uh, we did also have an announcement of a second line of AEW figures that will be coming in the fall. The Unmatched Collection, which is going to start rotating waves, where one month we will get a wave of Unrivaled Collection, one way we will get a, a wave of Unmatched Collection. And they're going to be the same style of figures, just different members of the roster in different style packaging, so that they're can constantly be fresh stuff on the shelves and they can keep up with the ever-expanding and ever-changing roster which is kind of a brilliant idea i mean they didn't have to make a brand new brand to do that they could have just went like all right we're making a new wave every month but the thing is retailers aren't going to open up aren't going to order a brand new wave of the same line every month because retailers will wait until they're out of stock of the wave for the line that they already have in stock. 
So basically, by having two different lines, they can it's it's a loophole. It's yeah, it's cheating the system, but in a way that benefits collectors and fans. Okay. Um, also, it's more product on the shelf, and that means more i uh, more shelf space for AEW. Definitely, definitely. Um, so a lot of toy news this week. A lot of stuff I'm very excited about. Um, and. Just, yeah. Oh, and by the way, I, I just realized I should say this because of the, the... I mentioned I have a pre-order on Rhea Ripley, but then I just said I canceled all my pre-orders except for exclusive stuff. The the Rhea Ripley pre-order was already paid for, and I can't cancel it. So You it's already kind of, it's purchased like, it. It's fucking taken care of, is what it is. Yeah. I pre-ordered it. Ringside is the only site that... I, I use that does its pre-orders this way where you pay up front and then they just ship it to you as soon as they have it. Um, so I pre-ordered certain... her at the same time as I did AEW Series 2 and 3. Uh, Steam sometimes does that too. You pre-purchase a game and the day mm. it's out, you, it's there. And I still have the uh, Super 7 um, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers for them as well. Oh, speaking of Super 7... Yeah, uh, not wrestling related, but they're doing figures of a band we both very much like. All three members of Analogical Band, like, you posted that, and I was like going, oh my god, dude, what? And then Cody went like, oh my god, dude, and then he went, wait a second, is this the thing we're all three excited for? Yeah, because he wasn't on that episode of AF, that was way before his debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're making a Papa One figure. But that means if Papa 1 does well, we can get a Papa 2, a Papa 3, Cardinal. Just give me the Rats Boy. The Rats Boy is the one I want, okay? Cardinal, and then Papa 4, because he's now Papa 4. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Old Papa. And just imagine, like, some of the faceless ghouls. Dude, an Army Builder 2-pack of faceless ghouls. And ghoulettes. Don't forget the ghoulettes. Yes. No, no, it's a two-pack. You get a ghoul and a ghoulette. And you order, like, two or three of those. Sick. <laughs> uh, oh, man, and there's different eras of ghoul, uh, ghouls, too. There's current ghoul, where they're in the nice suits and the mask, but then there's also the ghouls with the fucking... Uh, mm-hmm. oh. You can get... Old Papa should come in a two-pack with his nerfs. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I was talking about the other Super 7 thing that happened. What was that? That is wrestling-related. Did they reveal something besides the Good Brothers? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, the Good Brothers. We haven't talked about that yet. Oh, the Good Brothers have been revealed forever, dude. I didn't know this. Oh, okay. I, I just found out about that. Week. I talked about pre-ordering them last week. I, you think I fucking remember last week? <laughs> uh, but yeah that's that's exciting i i am looking forward to getting that man um, super seven super seven it? seems to believe be the the place where it's like you're aew but you're not really aew or you're kind like it was because they also did um uh ray phoenix and pentagon well the thing is uh no that was boss fight studios that was boss fight yeah, they are doing a Lucha Libre-specific line. They're doing Legends of Lucha Libre. Oh, okay. Uh, are um, they doing El Santo? I don't think so. They're doing, like, more modern Lucha Libre stars. Man. So they've got, like, a Taya Valkyrie that's coming. Man, um, how awesome would an El Santo figure be, though? I, I would get that. 
Um, it comes with two bodies. A lucha body where he's in his ring gear and a suit. Yes. Um, but they're doing that and then there's a... No, Super 7 is doing the New Japan figures. Right. So Super 7 is trying to be basically the company of, oh, you don't have an action figure line? We'll just do you, but we're not doing a line specifically for you. You can just slot into our Ultimates series, which is a umbrella we put everything under. You are a licensed toy line, similar to like SH Figure Arts. Yeah. SH so Figure Arts they, is a toy line, but it's not a licensed toy line. Yeah, so they have the they have the major wrestling figure podcast. They've got the Good Brothers, which is like marketed as talk and shop. Um, they they have New Japan, and then they've also just got a bunch of other wacky brands. Like they've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Conan the Barbarian, specifically the Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan the Barbarian. Um, Disney, they're doing Disney Ultimates. Have you seen what the first wave of that is? Ah. Uh-huh. It's fucking um, Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey. Uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, the Tiger from Robin Hood and some other random character who I can't remember. It's like three completely random things because they're going, this line is going to go for a long time and we're going to go all over the place. Are you right. talking about the lion? King Richard? Yeah. Yeah. There's an ultimate. Hang on. Let me get you pictures of this. I mean, I can't see them because I'd have to go off the full screen on your Discord. Uh, I mean, I can do it. Hold on. Now it's just on me, so I can muck Disney with Ultimate Di- Super 7. So I can muck with Discord a little bit. Oh, Pinocchio is the other one in the first wave. Oh, shit. So it's Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey, Little Richard, and <clears throat> Pinocchio. Send me, uh, send me a pic. Or a link. Hang on, hang on. I'm getting it. Pick would be better. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And he comes with the snake dude so you can grab him. Uh-huh. Those are... And that, that, that coat he's wearing? Soft goods. There's articulation under that. Fuck, I fucked with Robin Hood when I was a kid. I watched Robin Hood so much, it's surprising I'm not a furry. <laughs> you should have a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> Um, but yeah super seven are just like rocking it in the toy world now because they've got and they're also doing oh they've got thundercats they're doing thundercats ultimates they're doing like an indie comics line um indie comics it's all it's all in like the same uh and doing it is super cool too because it's made to order it's like for this whole month it's order in and then as many as are pre-ordered we make that many so, like, if you miss it, you um, like, Big Bad Toy Store, because they're going to pre-order, but that 200 is the only excess made. But reprints of them. Uh-huh. Hope. But it's a, it's a more collectible thing, which I like. Yeah. Also, it eliminates just, like, excess. Yeah. Uh, Super 7, is I'm not a fan of their tiny, big card, collectible, retro-style figures. Okay, here's the thing. They're better than Funko Pops. Mm. I don't agree with that. Because they're actively... But here's the thing. They're not meant to be toys. They're They're meant to be collectible statue things like Funkos. Because I never see them in the toy aisle. I always see them next to the Funko. 
They always they feel more like Funko, and to me, if we're talking, if we're and it's between a Funko or a Re the reaction. Jing looks cool. That's true, you know, and they do licenses that don't necessarily always get cool collectible toy things like that. Because I was looking through some of them, they have ghosts all the way throughout. They have nameless schools, faceless schools. They have Papa one, two, three. They have the punk skeleton from Rancid. Mm -hmm. They have a bunch of Iron Maiden Eddies. But also, we're an hour not the impact yet. Yeah. Um, before we do that, I'm out of tea. So be right back. Be right back. Let's take a quick break and uh, drink. Let my camera feed on catch up because it's lacking. We'll be right back, folks. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy, that's that's lagging behind. <laughs> Much lagging behind. Back now? I don't hold understand. on. We we can be. Boingo, Boingo, look at me. Look at me. If this stream goes out, I'm going to start drinking. It's not going out, it's just my camera thing just I mean, your feed is fine. Oh, cool. I don't shit. know what's up with mine. Wow. Uh, podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. Simon just wow. bought. Like, why? The internet. Audio stream bitrate is zero. Let's go live here. Uh, oh, no. I think I know what it is. I think I know what the problem is. What did you do? I think I have too many tabs open. Internet's being throttled. <laughs> How do you not immediately close all unnecessary tabs when you go live? I do that, and I'm not even the one streaming. You think I pay attention? That's right. That's right. I forget. I'm OCD. You're ADHD. Right. Hold on, let's hope nothing goes weird here. There. Hold on, folks. We're we're trying. This isn't a technical what? difficulty of like things are going completely wrong. It's things of like things can be done better. This is like uh, Nash messing around with stuffing at the start of uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, uh, I don't I don't really keep up with that. Is it good? Oh yeah, it's 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 great. I enjoy checking in with him and Tara every week. I really enjoyed his prescripted videos, like uh, Here There Be Dragons. Mm -hmm. I think he just doesn't have the time for those these days, so yeah. that's why he started archiving the streams on YouTube. Because the thing with the uh, pre-scripted What the Fuck is Wrong With You was he was just collating the best stories he had had from doing What the Fuck is Wrong With You live for years before he started doing those videos. Yeah. No, I really like his video essay review stuff. Mm-hmm. You know... 
let's... We can just keep it on you because you're not... Yeah, like, every two or so minutes, it tells me, hey, you're dropping frames. Wow. 41%. Yeah, 43% over the last two minutes. And there's no discernible way to correct this? Unless I stop the stream and turn everything off. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Because it's just, like, it's the way everything got organized and how it plans on doing things. That mm -hmm. it just kind of prioritized wrong things. It, it's making the inputs wrong. It's not my computer yeah. fucking up. You get what I'm saying? But are we good? Do you want to continue? Or yeah, we can continue. We're, I'll just keep it on you for right now. and if it, if it, I'll check back every once in a while. And if it improves, it improves. But for right now, the camera's just on you, baby. Oh my god, you get to look at this sexy man. But uh As but they can still hear about me. impact. Yeah, talk about impact. Tell me about tell me about the impact zone. Some interesting things happened in the impact zone this week. We opened with a uh, promo from the Good Brothers basically saying like, Hey, we're we're heels, yuckety yuck, standard heels champion stuff of like you're never gonna beat us because all our matches end the same way. We do our finisher, we pin you, we too sweet. And that's it. And then Chris Saban comes out and he's like, motherfuckers, you screwed me out of my belts. I want my belts back. And they're like, you can't challenge us. Alex Shelley's not here. He's not. We're not going to say why he's not here, but Alex Shelley isn't here. You can't challenge us. You don't have a partner. And he's like, I know James Storm, actually. And I don't think he likes you guys. So they start getting into it. And then Matt Hardy comes out. And they literally called him Big Money Matt on commentary. And he starts he starts chewing out all of them. And he's like, hey, assholes, none of you are the rightful owners of those belts. Because those belts still belong to me and my brother. Because we were tag champions years ago. And then we got stripped of those belts in a stupid teleportation angle. Ooh. Big Money Matt just dunked on Broken Matt. Yes. <laughs> Oof. Um, but they basically all get into it, and it's decided that uh, Impact's main event for that night will be a number one contenders match for the Impact tag titles between Chris Saban and James Storm and Private Party, because they're basically here on behalf of Matt Hardy. Matt's like, I don't care about the belts. I don't really need them, but you know who could use some belts? My boys here. My, my boys who I'm training up and trying to get up in the world. So uh, they're going to get my belts back for me. Nice to um, nice you. And then uh, a little later in the show, we got a, uh, you know, just the standard, the standard little uh, video package we've been getting from the Tonys for the last couple weeks. Uh, you know, Tony Schiavone's in the uh, AEW Control Center talking about all the matches they're going to have on Dynamite the next night. Uh, and then Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn are in a black void. They're in a black void. They're talking about how they're paying for both this week and next week's ad because they're feeling rather generous and they're they're really enjoying Impact. 
and they're wanting to scout out Summit Impact. And uh, we pull the camera back and we reveal that they're in the Impact Zone interview area. And they're looking for the ring. Nice. So they go off in search of the ring. Uh, then we got a promo between uh, Rich Swan and Moose, where Rich Swan is basically like, enough of this TNA champion crap. We need to just have this out, you and I. Let's have a championship match at the next pay-per-view. Agree to it, like, gentlemen. And Moose is like, okay, cool. But also, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. So he starts beating up Rich Swan, and then Rich Swan ends up beating the shit out of him. Nice. Uh, making the champion look strong. That's neat. Uh, Especially after then, he got pinned. Yeah. Um, and then we got uh, a Brian Myers match. I forget who he was up against, but basically they just progressed his heelness a little more because he did the screwy finish of distracting the referee and then like he pretended he accidentally got poked in the eyes and the ref was yelling at somebody for it and then he went up and hit his opponent in the balls and rolled him up. Yeah. Um and that's that's just the thing with Brian Myers right now is the commentary keeps putting over like he's the most professional wrestler, he's the best wrestler ever. He doesn't need to be doing this stuff, but for some reason he is doing this heel stuff because he got he got pissed off and bitter after the his debut storyline. Because somebody he thought he was his friend, or no, it was one of his idols, because it was an ECW guy, Tommy Dreamer, took me mm. a minute to remember. He he had a feud with Tommy Dreamer, where he was like, oh my god, Tommy Dreamer's here, Tommy Dreamer, you're one of my idols, I grew up loving ECW, let's be friends, and Tommy Dreamer was like, fuck you, kid, and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and so he's he's bitter and angry and turning into a heel now. That's Brian Myers' whole deal. Um... But then the main event, of course, was the number one contenders match for the Impact Tag Titles between James Storm and Chris Sabin and Private Party with Matt Hardy at ringside. And it was a heck of a good match. Uh, really put over Private Party as these super impressive and quick high flyers. Um, but also uh, gave some good moments for James Storm to shine as a veteran and Chris Sabin to get over as a current Impact star. Um, however, it ended with... Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn running into ringside, getting out like folding chairs and starting to take notes like school children all excited. And like Tony Khan's just grinning like an idiot. You can tell he's living out his ultimate fanboy fantasy right now. Um, Cause he's, he owns the second biggest wrestling company in the world made up of fan favorite wrestlers. And he's working with multiple different promotions, running multiple different angles and he's here in another promotion as a heel authority figure that's invading. Like, God damn. To Tony Khan. Tony Khan looks like a virgin, but he's the biggest fucking chat of all of us. Some billionaires want to use their money to make other people feel small. He just wants to make himself feel like a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the match ended with Private Party winning the number one contendership with the help of Jerry Lynn, mm. who grabbed, I believe it was Chris Sabin's leg when he was trying to get it on the ropes during the pin. Um, so we are going to be going into that title match, which I believe is happening at the next Impact pay-per-view. I can't remember the name. It's just a, it's just not with me right now. But... Uh, yeah, that's at the end. I think that's at the start of next month. So that'll be a thing. 
And uh, I don't think they will. I think this is something to make the Good Brothers look scarier in AEW fans' eyes. But God, I would love it if Private Party won. I, that'd be fascinating. But I think it, I think right now, the angle with Kenny Omega, it looks better to have the Good Brothers have the belt. Yeah. And then that same night, uh, we also got a uh, announcement regarding the third season of Dark Side of the Ring, which has been confirmed for a little while now. They've been shooting interviews, and we've been hearing from this wrestler and that wrestler that they were interviewed for the show. Uh, but now we have the full lineup for season three confirmed, and uh, the episodes are as follows. Brian Pillman, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, Extreme Pro Wrestling, Nick Gage, WCW slash NJWP collision in North Korea in 1995, the Smith family, and Ion Kotaro. Extreme Pro Wrestling is going to be interesting because you know what that mm -hmm. is, right? Yeah, that was an attempt at doing a new WCW like thing on MTV. And guess who was in there? Hulk Hogan, Seth Rollins. Oh, wow. Um, honestly, I'm most excited about uh, the North Korea pay-per-view and the Smith family because that's Jake the Snake's extended family. That's like him. Um, what's, uh, I just forget his name. Stan Hansen, Rockin' Robin, and one other guy who I can't remember. But all his family who were wrestlers. Not family that were sh shitty and abusive to him but his extended family who were wrestlers. So it's just like going to be a focus on all of them. Um, which I think is cool. Jake the Snake's story is deserving of a Dark Side of the Ring episode. But, I think but he also he has a whole documentary movie, so he doesn't yeah. need to be a whole episode. Um, get some of those other people in there, because Rockin' Robin is also really interesting, and so is Stan Hansen. Um, and then I think there are a lot of people who are going to be excited about Brian Pillman, just because it's Brian Pillman. Um... I know nothing about Nick Gage, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, or Ion Kotaro, but I've learned a lot about wrestling through Dark Side of the Ring, so I'm excited to learn about those things. I will definitely be watching all these episodes when they come out, because I have been an avid viewer of Dark Side of the Ring thus far. That's going to be interesting. Um, and then we also had AEW Dark this week and i literally just earlier watched the clip version of brandon cutler versus luchasaurus which was a fine match it was a solid mid-card level match and it ended with luchasaurus winning as it should have because luchasaurus was basically the baby face who was being picked on by heel brandon cutler in this yeah uh had dynamite it was a fine episode of dynamite oh yeah a lot of interesting stuff happening, a lot of things falling into place, but not uh, quite an eventful episode, I would say. But we did open up on quite the elaborate angle. Did you want to take the lead on this, or should I? I can take it. But we okay. open up with Negative uh, One, Brody Lee Jr.'s birthday celebration. It's going to be a fun Dark Order match. They bring out cake. It's where it's uh, the good, the... Ooh. The good, uh, the good, the bad, the hungry, uh, are going up against who was it? Chaos, Chaos Project, Project and TH2. T uh, Chaos Project TH2. Oh yeah, Colt Cabana was in there too. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the hungry on the on the Chicago line. 
Yes. <laughs> um, and they're about to celebrate. John uh, Silver encourages the audience to sing happy birthday for Negative One. Negative One seems to be having the biggest time of his life right now in AEW, which is great. Mm. Um, but then, of course, get Maximum Heat, come in, scream at a child. Uh <laughs> Um, First time I've seen Luther give a promo in AEW, and oh my god, he's a good silly promo. Yeah, I do, here's the thing: I think Luther was here, is here just to kind of be like, I'm a big dude who's a little scary. I can help elevate younger talent. He's what I like to call a learning tree talent. He's a legend who's never going to be front and center, but he's got his group of kids that he's taken under his wing. Like Taz, like Dustin, like, um, oh god, what's his name? Billy Gunn. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Jake the Snake to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell certain guys are latching on to Snake in terms of angles, and you just know Eddie Kingston's back there talking to Jake the Snake about promos. Lance Archer's back there talking about Jake. People are talking to Jake the Snake about shit. Oh, I forgot to mention the biggest one. Sting. Sting! Yeah, Sting, Sting, Sting. Um, But basically, they come out. They have a fun match. Uh, is At the end of it, Adam Page is going to reveal whether he's joining the Dark Order or not. Uh, at the end... It was a good-ass match. Oh, yeah. But at the end, Adam Page... They win, and you're going like, Oh, he's going to join. It's going to be nice. And he just... Grabs the mic, fucking heartbroken. Hangman, Hangman gets down on, or not Hangman, fucking John Silver gets down on one <laughs> knee like he's proposing. But Hangman grabs the mic, heartbroken, and he just goes like, I-, I can't. I was in a group and it hurt me too much. I I can't go through that again. I You guys are cool. You guys are my friends, but I, I just can't. It, Hangman it, has commitment issues. It's me. And, and like, also, like, hilarious comedy fame. They put up on the Jumbotron, he said yes, and, like, strippers are starting to come out of the tunnels, and they have to be shooed away. And it takes them, like, a full minute to figure out that, oh, he didn't say yes. Yeah. Like, they're, uh, and it's like, oh. And you could see it wasn't, like, anger at Adam Page. It's, like, disappointment. It's like, oh, he doesn't trust us enough. Fuck, what are we going to do now? It, it didn't seem like, fuck you for not joining us. Because early Dark Order, it was like, okay, fine, beat you up. This time it's like, no, we genuinely wanted you to be with us because we wanted you to have that support network. But you're not ready for it yet, so what do we do? Yeah. It, like, if it was fuck you for not joining us, there would they would have started beating him up. It was, oh shit, this is embarrassing. What do we do now? As Hangman leaves... Through the heel tunnel. Yep. Oh, God. I just switched I... back to my camera feed. It is like... That whole time I was talking, it's at the very beginning of it. Oh, my God. But you why? Wow. Hold on. Wow. Yeah. Let's see okay. if that helps. Well, after that, we go backstage to an interview with Chris Jericho and MJF. Starts to ask a question, but MJF just tells him to shut up and insults his breath. Uh, He asks Chris Jericho if he's worried that this match might split up the inner circle, because it's 
basically the kind of thing that's Medjerko's just like, ah, it doesn't fucking matter. We're all gentlemen. We're all we're all good. We're honorable people. We agreed that we were going to do this, and it's going to be fine. We're just taking care of business, and after this, everything will be cool. It would be cool, MJF. I'm a delusional old man. Yeah. Uh, but, I, uh, but, uh, I thought that would fix it. It didn't. Ugh. Oh, wow. Sorry. Yeah, no. It's, it's, it's just, uh, it's frustrating. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's very much MJF kind of, kind of sowing the seeds of being like, hey, I'm the more reasonable out of the two of us. Mm-hmm. He's sowing the seeds of dissension by not sowing the seeds of dissension. It's kind of brilliant. Oh, very much so. Um, but yeah, basically hyping up who's gonna who's gonna be winning the tag team thing. Mm-hmm. But we then uh, go out and we have uh, the family reunion uh, for a little <laughs> bit. Tony Schiavone. Dad came home with those cigarettes. Dad came home with Dad came home with those cigarettes and baseball bat he went out and get. <laughs> uh, but basically, Tony Schiavone comes out because whenever you do something with Sting, you gotta have Tony Schiavone there. And uh, basically goes like, "All right, Sting wants to congratulate Darby Allen." And you go like, "Okay, he's a legend. Fine, whatever. Weird." So he comes out. And Sting's about to start talking, and Darby and Darby's out there. Darby came out first. No, Darby came out second. But Sting's out there. He's, hey, you know, you remind, you know, like it, on Darby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said he remind. He's reminded of Darby before. Oh, there's just something about you that reminds me so much of myself, and I don't know what it is, but I dig it, man. Keep doing you. Yeah, basically. Hey, we're not gonna feud because I'm angry at you. We're going to feud for a different reason that will come up later. Because mm-hmm. that's what they're building to. We all know it. It's coming. It's coming. Give us that cinematic match, which might be this match. Because Taz comes out and goes like, hey, fuck you, Darby. Fuck you, Darby. He's like, what? I didn't cheat. Darby. Uh, you used your belt, Darby. Darby. And Sting, you hit my boy with a bat. That's not nice. You guys street fuck. I don't know what this accent I'm doing is. You guys are street fugs. Let's have a street fight at Revolution. Yeah. Um, so that's what they're doing. Yeah. I hope they, it's a cinematic match. Yeah, oh, it's definitely going to be a cinematic match because it's a pay-per-view. It's much easier to do cinematic matches there and get away with it. Um, but also... I love that Brian Zing pointed out, like, they announced Sting's first match back in how many years and totally undersold it. Because, ah. like, it was a challenge issued by Taz. Sting whispered in Darby's ear, and St- and Darby was just like, be careful what you wish for, motherfucker, you might get it. And then it cuts to commentary, and they're like, well, I guess that's going to be a match. And we didn't even get the graphic or anything until a day later on Twitter. Yeah, I can get that. But, like, it's also, like, it's kind of spur of the moment. It's meant to be, like, Sting wasn't supposed to wrestle that match. Maybe that's kind of the... But, yeah, I can I can definitely see that. You know, I would have liked a little bit more pomp and circumstance of, like, at the end of it, Tony Schiavone goes, like, It's Sting's first match! 
Yeah. That's not a Tony Schiavone voice, but you know what I'm saying. Um, also, I wonder what is happening at Revolution exactly when this match is going to be a thing and there's no TNT title stipulation involved, even though the TNT... Uh, like, either, I cannot defend it every pay-per-view, but like... Once in a while, it's not bad. Especially when it's this kind of big marquee match with Sting. Mm-hmm. Like... But also, wouldn't it have been... Wouldn't it have been just, like, delightfully shitty booking to have the stipulation be, and if you pin Darby Allen or Brian Cage, you get their belt. And then Sting pins them both. Oh, God. That's WWE booking right there. Exactly. That's uh, WWE. That's late ECW. Not ECW. Late WCW. WC- yeah. That's, like, height. In, uh, that's, like, height TNA. Mm-hmm. That's like Russo era TNA. But like I'd low key be down for it. Oh, that'd be fucking <laughs> hilarious and shit. It'd be bad. That, that would be the first universally called shit from AEW. Gonna be. It's exciting. It's exciting waiting for that to happen. We're we're two almost two and a half years in this company and it still hasn't happened. When do you think the first genuinely shit angle's gonna be? A little underwhelming. Like a bet on a time frame? I, like, a year from now, two years from now. What do you think? What do you think? Pick your brain. I don't know if I could, like, decide on a time frame. But I'm... There's a part of me that feels like, even though I'm enjoying it, this whole, like, interpromotional stuff they're doing with Kenny, it's Icarus flying towards the sun and it can't end well I can definitely see that but like I'm okay with it right this moment and I don't think they're going to I think at most they're going to fuck up the landing and not nail it which isn't the end of the world what I'm really hoping it is is Kenny gets all all the most notable world championships like he gets impact he Give him the NWA belt. Give, let him go to Japan and get the New Japan Championship for a hot minute. And then the biggest fucking babyface they can find in the AEW roster takes the AEW belt off him. And then for like a month, week after week, he loses each of his belts. And it's like the the fall from grace. That's how I would do it. Uh, that would be good. Play into some of the it's all coming together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, he loses the last belt. And Don Callis just pops him on the shoulder and goes like, Well, that's it, bud. See ya. Yep. That's like, let's dump his ass. And then he has to come crawling back to the Bucks and Hangman. And you know who forgives him? Hangman. Hangman. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we get, and then we get fucking Kenny and Hangman versus Bucks too. Oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but after that whole thing with Darby and Sting, uh, we get a of hey. Speaking of the fucking Bucks and Kenny, we see a video package uh, from earlier in the day where the the Bucks are going up to Kenny's house, and Alex Marvez emerges out of the pocket dimension. Uh, AEW keeps him in, 
And he basically goes like, hey, figure you guys are here for a meeting for elite members. What are you planning to talk about? And they're like, Marv, why Marvez always? Fine, come on. You can just watch. Just come on. And they go in, and Michael Nakazawa is there acting as like Kenny's personal assistant. And he's like, oh, we've been expecting you guys. Come with me. Come with me into the living room. And they go into the living room, and they find the thumbnail for this episode of MMWP. Uh where Don Callis has commissioned an oil painting of himself and Kenny as, like, ripped fucking John Cena jorts-wearing badasses. They're not jorts. As... That's just jeans. <laughs> Dude, Jesus. And, and he comes in and explains that, like, it's a early birthday present he got Kenny, even though Kenny's birthday is in October. And the Bucks are like, this is, are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, what? You didn't get him anything yet? You're supposed to be his best friends. By the way, Kenny couldn't actually come to this meeting. Uh, this was a trap. I'm here to uh, pay you guys off. Because you're just hangers on. You're just uh, you're just a bunch of, bunch of hangers on from the old neighborhood who want to just ride Kenny for his fame. And we can't really have that anymore. But Kenny, he's... He's too nice of a guy to do this himself. So, uh, you know, here's a nice check for all your years of loyalty and friendship. Have a nice day. And they're like, bitch, we make this much in a week. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Your merch, guys. Here's another check. And they're like, you work for Impact. We used to work there. We know these checks aren't good. Oof. They tear the check up and they start walking up to him. And he's like... Guys, guys, come on. Don't let your anger get the better. You don't let you don't let it guys, 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 and it fades out, implying that they beat him up. Oh, imply. Imply. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. Uh may, may I have the next thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want the next thing? Because it's two of your boys. Yeah, we get pretty Peter Avalon versus the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson. Uh, this is very much kind of Cody's wheelhouse of just taking a random guy and doing a straight-up classic kind of wrestling match with him, where on social media, Cody basically said, like, oh, this guy's a jobber, I'll beat him in a minute. And pretty Peter Avalon was like, the fuck you will. So they had a... A match where it looked like Cody was going to beat him right in the opening, but then there's a distraction by Jade Cargill, and so Peter hits him in the nuts, and they're, and they're able to make the match go like another few minutes until Cody gets him in the figure four, so Peter slaps him to try and break it, and Cody goes to slap him, and when Peter realizes his face is going to get fucked up, he immediately taps. Fucking classic, classic wrestling shit. Yeah. Also, my camera's so fixed good. now. Yay! I had to restart the app. But yeah, yeah, good, good stuff that uh, builds into what's going on with Cody right now, while also taking time out of his day to help build somebody who's been on Dark for a few weeks. Oh yeah, and it really gets over the character well. Uh, Cody's theme is still shit right this moment. Yeah, what the... What? I was okay with it for the one episode, but why are we keeping the Snoop Dogg remix now? Because why? because the Big Show show is, is still going on. We gotta keep it going until the show's over. 
Um, also, well, there uh, is one is lesson good. Cody learned from WWE, and that is cross promotion and branding. That's true. Um, and this is also just a general aside. I saw some general complaining on Twitter this week of people saying like a lot of the matchups didn't make sense because it was big stars with fucking randos. And I was like, the whole thing with AEW is it's a throwback to WCW style booking. Have y'all ever watched early Nitro? Have y'all ever seen the all-time classic that is... Rick Flair versus Ultimo Dragon. Here's the thing. If you don't put randos up every once in a while, how are you going to get new stars? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, but since I just did two segments in a row and your camera's working right now, why don't you do two segments in a row? Well, hey! Well, next thing's up as uh, FDR and Dolly Blanchard are there and they say FDR once again number one in the rankings, but they need those belts. Um, but Jurassic Express storms in. Jungle Boy says he's getting tired and goes, "You know what? I can beat you one on one. So why don't we do that? I'll have my boys back uh, around the ring, and you'll have your boys around the ring, and I'll just beat your ass. How about that?" Mm-hmm. So next week we are getting Dax the Axe Harwood versus Jungle Boy straight up singles match. The prophecy is coming true. Dax Harwood doesn't give a shit if Jungle Boy Shoot doesn't like him. He's going to get that motherfucker over. I have a feeling they've talked it backstage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. FTR seems to be too reasonable of real-life dudes to keep that Jim Cornette heat. You know what I mean? We're not assholes. We just play assholes on TV. Yeah. Similar to MJF. I have a feeling MJF is the biggest fucking sweetheart in the locker room. But don't you dare take a picture or a video of him playing sweetheart. Yeah, no. He will scream the fuck at What the fuck are you doing? Come on. Mm-hmm. But no. you don't, and you're just playing Xbox? No. MJF is the sweetest motherfucker. He will trash talk you. I have a feeling he will trash talk you hell on earth. But. Yeah. Yeah. John Moxley went up. <laughs> what else can we say? I just I I'm, I I love the complete lack of transition. All right, okay, hold on, real quick. No, who's also a sweetheart? John fucking Moxley uh, versus uh, Nick uh, Cornado. Cornetto. Camarato. Camarato. I thought it said Cornetto, like uh, Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Camarato, uh, basically, it, it, he's a jobber, but he's not a. He's a he's job. Go ahead. He he was doing the job for Moxley. Make Moxley look tough. Make Moxley look big and impressive. But Moxley let him have some offense in, so he doesn't lose all credibility. But eventually, Moxley does get him in the bulldog choke, which I fucking love. I love that choke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But after it, he gets on the mic and is basically saying that things are getting crazy in AEW, where he can't keep track of who's in the Bullet Club, the Elite, or Impact. Basically, on like, basically being the audience of like, okay, what the fuck's going on now? I don't yeah. know what's going on. What? Uh, and he does, he, but he doesn't give a shit because he's John Moxley. He uh, says the only thing Kenny has done is bring the Good Brothers in, uh, and make it more interesting for him because he doesn't care if Kenny brings in everyone from Nashville, Mexico, Japan, 
all roads of wrestling lead through him. Basically saying, motherfucker, I don't care if you have the belt. I'm the fucking king. Mm-hmm. I, I love how Mox doesn't have the belt, but he still feels like he's the fucking champ in the face of the company. Oh, very, dude. Moxley feels like he's going to be AEW's kingmaker. Oh, yeah. Like, if you want a guy to immediately be main event feud, you put him against Moxley. The funny thing is, he's like badass, scary, but you'll love him babyface Roman Reigns. If that had actually been a thing, and w- and it wasn't just WWE saying that's what Roman Reigns was for years. It's like that version of Roman Reigns mixed with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Minus, like, the overt alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And, like... He, he just drinks a shit ton of water, because he's always hot. Like, the, like I don't want to say he is, but he, he's a millennial Stone Cold. Yeah. Where Stone Cold is very much targeting that anxiety of the time. Moxley is very much uh, tackling the anxiety of today's millennial, basically going like, no, fuck you, I have power. I have control over my destiny, not you. Fuck you. I'm going to show you what manifesting my destiny actually means. Yeah. Where Stone Cold was very much more about, fuck, fuck authority, fuck the boss, fuck, fuck having to do fuck whatever the other people want. Fuck you, I don't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Right. It, it, that very 90s idea. But, like, now it's not necessarily, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. It's, fuck you, you don't control me. Mm-hmm. And that's a, but it, it's similar, but it's a very, it's, it's very millennial. And that just makes me wonder, what's the Zoomer Stone Cold gonna look like? It's just going to be Blood Orange Cassidy all the time. Uh, it's It will be a mix between Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen. Yes. <laughs> Gives no shit, just kill me. Yo, now I really want that tag team. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate AEW odd couple. Oh, God. Oh, man. Just some ah. Uh... Promos even be like, because Orange doesn't say shit except for when it's absolutely important. Darby fucking mumbles everything. Go, God, just imagine Darby doing one of those backstage uh, short films that he does with Orange Cassidy, and it's just straight up jackass. Yes. He just duct tapes Orange to a skateboard and sends him down a mountain. <laughs> No, no, no. The camera's on... The camera... Okay, hold on. We're going to me. The camera's on Orange Cassidy. You see him there. He's just standing there, all cool, sunglasses on, and he just goes... Thumbs up. And then the camera zooms out, and you see Darby laying on the ground on a skateboard on top of a hill. And goes, A.W., we're whatever the tag team name is. Welcome to Jackass. Down the hill. And, like, oh, uh, Orange Cassidy just pushes him down the hill. I'm trying to think of a name, and the best thing I can keep, the best thing I can come up with is no fucks given. Yeah. No care, no pain. You know what? The what screwdrivers. Ooh, screwdriver, yeah? No, no. 
You can't... It'd be... Mm. With Darby's look, if you go with Screwdriver, you're gonna get fucking neo-Nazis. Ah, yeah. Because of the fucking neo-Nazi band. Fucking neo-Nazis. How about this? Sundance Kid. Sundance Kids. Yes. And at one point, the Bucks just run into them backstage and they're like, you're called the Sundance Kids. Why don't you ever dance? And they're like, Damn it, you fucking boomers. But you get the joke, right? Yeah, yeah, I get the joke. That's why I said that segment needs to happen. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a fucking great Mox match and segments. Uh, I love that all these Nightmare Factory people are getting so much screen time in AEW. It's, it's really cool. Mark my words, in 10 years, Nightmare Factory is going to be more prestigious than NXT in the Performance Center. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of seeing your argument about that might be the school I want to go to. But it, it's just more of like... Because Performance Center feels very much of like, you stay here until we say you're ready. The Nightmare Factory feels very much... You stay here until we think you got the basics, and then we're going to throw you to the fucking wolves with a fucking blanket right here and see how you do. Yeah, do what you want, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll yeah. put you on dark and go like, all right, fucking you're dropping for this guy. Let's see how you let's see how you do. And then when you come back, all right, we have this many fucking notes. Uh, you could have done this better. You could have sold this better. This bit of character work, great. We need to work on that. Let's do it. Let's work. Let's iterate on that. It, Your finisher still looks phenomenal. It, it, like little things like that. Well, in a, like you're in the performance center for like five years before you ever take a step in front of NXT television. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better way of describing it. Unless you're, unless you're like a mega celebrity, like uh, Kushida. Like who Kushida. Came in the next week. Nakamura. Nakamura. If you were in Ring of Honor during the height of Ring of Honor, you just go on TV, whatever. Yeah. Uh, like if the if AEW hadn't happened and the Bucks and Kenny had signed with WWE, they would have been on NXT the next night. Bucks, yes. Kenny might have been pushed to the main event with Triple H going like, "No, he's he's great, he's amazing," and Vince McMahon looking him over, going, "What are you? What, what's your deal?" And he goes like, uh, "Hi, I'm Kenny Omega. I'm the best bout machine. I'm, uh, I'm really good at wrestling. Uh, I like video games. Um, I'm friends with Xavier. Hi, Xavier. What's up? Uh, Hi, I'm Kenny. I wrestle good. Uh, can you do a southern accent? No, I'm I'm Canadian. Oh, you're one of them. Shit. What was the last good Canadian we had?" So you have both Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They're Canadian? <laughs> Shit, we need to bury them more. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for laughing my comedy bit. We'll be here next Thursday. Hey. Okay, so next segment. <laughs> uh, Dasha Gonzalez is backstage with the family, and she asks Eddie Kingston how he's preparing to face Lance Archer next week. And he basically just says... I don't prepare. I never prepare. I just go in and fight. That's my style. Uh, and then Lance Archer and Jake the Snake, Roberts run in, and they just start yelling at him, like, you better fucking prepare. 
you better fucking man up if you're gonna be able to handle us, bitch. And that's the segment. You know, with Lance Archer's catchphrase, he, you know what he should say in moments like that? You need to write your fucking will. Because everybody mm-hmm. dies. Yeah, that'd be good. Though that's a little kind of a heady joke. I don't know if it fits Lance Archer, the character. Yeah. Lance Archer, the character right now, is Barbarian Nietzsche. I'm so glad that my dumb ass is making you laugh so much tonight. Dude, we wouldn't be doing this show if you didn't make me laugh on the regular. (laughs) Lance Archer, that's a free t-shirt for you. Barbarian Nietzsche. God damn, now I need to make a fucking... Oh... Now I need to read fucking Nietzsche and watch Lance Archer matches and make a video about Nietzschean philosophy through the lens of Lance Archer. Could you also um, get Alistair Black in there? Add it to the list. Who else? I want it to be three wrestlers. If you're doing it like that, you gotta have three wrestlers to make it nice and even. Orange Cassidy? No, no, no. Mm, mm. Who could it be? Who could it be? Pac. I'm going to be thinking about this all night if I don't come up with somebody. Pac? Carrying Cross. But that means I have to watch NXT. Yeah. Or potentially Bray Wyatt, but Bray Wyatt's more like he's more Jungian. If you're, if you're going to yeah. talk about Bray Wyatt and a philosopher or a philosophy kind of es- like one of those esoteric white people, it have to be young. Also, that reminds me, uh, I was in a Discord shit. Now server. I need to make that fuck Bray <laughs> Wyatt and Young. Go ahead. No, this is that. This Bray Wyatt and Young. Okay. I was in a Discord server talking about Matt Hardy showing up on Impact with somebody earlier in the week, and uh, their response was, my dream match, their first response, because we got into a conversation, but their first response was, my dream match is now Virgin Virgin Personality Disorder Bray Wyatt versus Chad Multi-Personality Matt Hardy. (laughs) Just imagine that cinematic match of insanity. Oh, God. And their cinematic match was already pretty good. Mm-hmm. Is one of the better deletions. Oh. Uh, but, while we're at it, we have another mini-interview segment with Alex Marvez coming up, spooking Kenny Omega, which I fucking love this as a gimmick for Alex Marvez, as he's just a quiet, unassuming man and scares everybody. <laughs> Hi, Alex Marvez. <laughs> what the fuck you doing here man he has the softest shoes that's uh that is his gear uh, that's his gimmick now uh basically asking kenny omega hey what the fuck happened with the bucks and uh don Callis? like we were at your house you were at my house that's an invasion of privacy i wasn't nowhere near there it's like oh 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 okay um no comment whatever just 
fuck, do your job, whatever. And he goes into the locker room and sees that Don Callis has a black eye. It's not just a black eye. It's like, covers about like that much of Don, uh, Don Callis' face. It is... I've seen some people saying they thought because of how big it was, it was obviously makeup and he's faking it. But like, I don't know. With the way that ended, I could see it either way. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he faked it in kayfabe. It's definitely makeup. Yeah. Um, and but also remember, it's what how, how that would have happened would be a buck super kick. Uh huh. And that's a big and their feet that looked like a footprint to me. Mm. That kind of thing. Uh, but basically, Don tries to place it off because whether he likes to admit it or not, the Bucks aren't a priority. Don't, he doesn't want Kenny Omega to be pissed at the Bucks because if he does that, Kenny gets off the path. He needs yeah, Kenny he needs to, to stay focused on championships. Yeah, stay focused. The, the, this is a minor diversion. It's not important. But he does let it slip that it is the Bucks, and that feels that felt more like a genuine ah shit I shouldn't have said that fuck kind of moment mm-hmm. from Don. I don't think it was him playing any machinations. What do you no, think? No, no, no. It was, it was definitely a slip of the tongue. Yeah. But he did let it slip that it was the Bucks. That means we're probably going to get a confrontation between Kenny and the Bucks next week, which is going to be interesting. Yeah. Especially because next week the Bugs. Not the Bugs. The Bugs. Bucks are tagging with the Good Brothers against two other teams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was basically that segment. It was just kind of furthering the Kenny Omega Don Callis relationship because he, for as shitty as people they seem to be in this angle, you genuinely feel like Don Callis kind of cares about Kenny Omega. Yeah, and Kenny Omega definitely sees Don Callis as like it's Uncle Don. He's my buddy. He's he's been there forever, and he's always been there for me. He can never steer me wrong. It definitely feels like what I'm doing. It definitely feels like he's that family member that you know does shady shit, but he's your family, and it's like, oh, he's family. Hey, he does shit. What? That? No. Come on. He's the, you know what he is? He's the racist uncle with a really cool car. <laughs> Let's iterate. Don Callis is not racist. Yeah. As far I'm as we know. Like, it's a family dynamic. <coughs> Uh, but then we had Matt Seidel and Top Flight versus Hardy Party. Fucking good ass match. Ooh, the flights, the veterans being like, oh, leading the. Ah, oh. uh-huh. and like they said on commentary that Top Flight are huge Matt Seidel fans, and they they consider him one of their inspirations. They grew up watching him. You could fucking tell they were so excited and so, like, focused on getting this match exactly perfect the way they've always wanted it in their heads. Because from the moment they come out for that entrance, the three of them are just perfectly synced up doing their poses. And it's beautiful. Hey, Um, hey, AEW, AEW, trios, tournament, please. Because we uh, have, uh... You know what? Trio's name, Flying High. Yes. 
And then you have um, Hardy Party, you have Jurassic Express, oh, the, family, the family, Death Triangle. Fuck Kenny and the Good Brothers. Have Kenny an and the Good Bros. Maybe a Bucks getting a third guy. Maybe they get back together with Hangman. Yeah. Or Dark Order or alternative. Cody. Ooh. Uh, but Dark Order. Cody has barely done elite shit the entire time AEW has been a thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the match ends in a very interesting fashion where even though they've been really dominant for the whole match, uh, Darius gets pinned. Um, or no, is it Darius? Oh, Dante gets pinned after um, Isaiah hits him with a steel chair on the outside and then Mark does a shooting star press onto him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and pins him. And immediately afterwards, uh, Darius and Seidel begin arguing with uh, Private Party, uh, which leads uh, into them all getting twists of fate from Matt. And this was kind of solidifying Hardy, Par- Hardy Party as a group again, with Private Party going... All right, you know, you know what? Fuck it. We signed the contracts. We're heels now. Matt wants to be a heel. We're gonna be a heel, and we're gonna have fun doing it. And I'm like, I didn't want that a week ago. I kind of wanted them to split off from him angrily, but now that I have this, I'm like, oh, well, this is actually really nice. Thank you. Imagine douchey VIP party bros. Mm-hmm. Private party, Ooh, that'd be fun. But also, there's an angle to it. Is like they're doing anything to win, because when they win, they get more money, and they get more money that isn't being split with Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. So it's better if like the, I'm using smaller numbers because it's easier. Thirty percent, Matt Hardy gets thirty percent. So if the winner, if they just do a match and it's a hundred bucks, that's thirty bucks out of this. Like oh. But if they do the match and it's a thousand bucks, it's three hundred. That's seven hundred to them. It's like, oh, okay, that's a little bit better. Yeah, which is it could be a uh, a way they uh, work with it a little bit. Definitely. But uh, back to seeds of dissension that are kind of happening. Backstage, MJF uh, goes uh, to basically the inner circle kind of locker room. It says Chris Jericho. But Chris Jericho isn't there and basically goes, hey guys, we're going to go out there, we're going to do a match, just like Chris Jericho said. But I just want to let you know that I I wouldn't have done this, but we're doing this. And we're going to go out there, we're going to have a good, clean fight. <laughs> and I care about you. I don't want this to hurt anybody's feelings. We all cool with that? And like Santana and Ortiz are like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're cool, we're cool. Uh, and Hager goes like, yeah, yeah, we're we're cool. But Sammy, Sammy goes like, nah, man, no, we're not there. Not that we won't ever be there, but we're not there, which is interesting mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Uh, but then we got a match that was sadly altered due to COVID. It was supposed to be Layla Hirsch versus Nyla Rose, but Nyla Rose came into contact with somebody who had tested positive. So Get, better, Nyla. Get better, Nyla. Get better, Nyla. Yeah, she's better not a lot. Um, 
But uh, we had legit Layla Hirsch versus Penelope Ford with Kip Sabian, Miro, and Charles Taylor. Um, this was a surprisingly great match. Um, I I wasn't expecting much from it, but like, it's the same thing with every Penelope Ford match for like the last few months, where like I go into it going, "Oh, it's Penelope Ford. She doesn't really wrestle that much. It's, it's going to be whatever." And then Penelope Ford is like, no, I, I like, I'm, I'm fucking great. I deserve a shot at the woman's title. And I'm like, yeah, you are fucking great. You do deserve a shot at the woman's title. You probably won't get it because you're getting married and you're probably going to go on your honeymoon and be off TV for a few weeks. But Yeah, a honeymoon in the COVID era. That's true. Uh, but also Layla Hirsch looked great in this match. Um, oh. Like, I kind of... I kind of think she'd work better as a heel, but I she am made happy with babyface in this match. I'm happy with Layla Hirsch babyface for right now. I agree. Mm-hmm. Having her be a heel with Team Taz, that'd be fascinating. Mm-hmm. They've already also, like, they, go ahead. Taz and Layla have both already kind of like hinted at like, oh, that'd be fun, something interesting to do. Taz on Dark, I think, and Layla on Twitter. Wow. I didn't know that, and that's so exciting to me. Because here's the thing. Layla Hirsch is a tiny, dense suplex machine. Uh-huh. Let Layla Hirsch for Team Taz 2K21, please. Because you have Brian Cage, who's big beef movie boy. He's like, he can move around, he can do his shit. He's Wolverine if he was six foot. Yeah. Because remember, Wolverine ain't six foot. Then you have Ricky Starks, who's kind of the higher flyer. He's a lot more maneuver. He's the he's the agility guy. Then you have Will Hobbs, who is the fuck you meet. Yeah, and then you get Layla Hirsch, Hook, who's the fucking enigma. We don't know what Hook is yet. Oh no! (laughs) God damn it! You also just made me think that Hook kind of looks like fucking Riddler. Uh, I have a feeling Hook would be a lot more technical. Like, he seems the kind of guy who would lean more into a technical style. But if you have Layla Hirsch, ooh, buddy. Ooh, buddy. Also, they pointed out on commentary this week that she's four feet tall. That girl is small. Our small bean girl. I want to pick her up, but I feel like if I did that, she'd throw me to the ground. If you you couldn't pick her up because she's all muscle. I work out. Guys, come on, come on, guys. <laughs> Do you hear this guy? Really? All right. I just pulled him off. Right. By here, the way, here's a fucking here's a fucking promise. I'm gonna make a fucking promise just because I I really I I'm 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 a little shoot mad at you for that. <gasps> If I ever go to AEW, if I ever actually have a wrestling career and go to AEW, and Layla is still there, I will pitch to her a segment of me trying to bench her on BTE. Not out-bench her, but use her to bench press as a weight. We will forget about this in a month. I never forget. 
I will forget about this in a month. And then one day you will send me that clip and I'll go like, what the fuck are you? Why? Why are you sending me this? You will. And then you will go, you made it. Because I know you don't actually watch BTD. And I will go, no, why? Why did you send me this? And you will say, you told a joke once. And I go, my whole life's a joke. Be specific. Um, but this match does end with uh, Penelope getting the win with some help from Kip. Uh, and after it... No, no, no. Not, gets not just Kip. Charles helped too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, but uh, after the match, Miro gets on the mic and he calls Charles into the ring. And he tells him, like, hey, man, don't worry. Don't worry. This is going to be fine. I could be mean to you. I could be super mean. But I'm a nice guy. I'm really, I'm so. Uh-oh. Friends now, because y'all are your best friends. They're fucking gone. Look at that fucking loser in the crowd with his sunglasses and his jean jacket. Why don't you do me a favor? Get on the mic and tell him that you aren't his friend anymore and that I'm your best friend now. And Orange stands up in the crowd, takes off his sunglasses, and he's like, well, you're going to fucking do it? Charles does it, and Orange just walks away. Yep. I saw some people saying, like, oh, I don't. I think he might have been, like, despondent or maybe angry. I think Orange is just like, okay, so that's how it's going to go. I'll sit in the back and wait, because I know we're going to do something to get back at these motherfuckers. He, he that that was him loading the gun. That was him going like, "All right. Let's do this. Let's get ready." Because oh boy, notice how Charles had a towel. Mhm. Oh, just wait until the moment Big Miro has a big match and he's in a submission hold and Miro, you know Miro can get out of it. And then Charles just has a devilish grin on his face and goes like, mm-hmm. "Whoops!" And the match is match is forfeited, and Miro just goes like, "What the fuck did you do?" And then you hear, the best friends," and then Orange Cassidy and Trent come out, and all the while Chuck is taking off the fucking tux, the suit, getting it off. That or some kind of ambush during the wedding. Because the wedding is in two weeks! Two weeks till beach break, bro! Yeah. And you know what's going to happen? All those two weeks, there are going to be a bunch of bananic people going like, what happened to the bachelor party? I don't know, maybe the angle got dropped because fucking COVID happened. COVID happened way before the bachelor party. Was yeah, happened, so. but it continued happening. They, like, That's they true. probably were going like, it's going to let up and we'll do the bachelor party then. But also, I'm one of those people. Could we could we at least bring Billy Mitchell back for the wedding? I want to I want to see more Billy Mitchell at AEW because it's so weird. Uh, but also, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, how do you feel about then switching from it being a young boy to a butler? How do you feel about them changing Onichan to Big Brother? Here's the thing, but it's not the same thing. Localization exists. But no, no, no. Here's the thing. Okay. Yayo. Yayo. Don't give it up, Luffy. No, no. Yayo. Yayo. Hold on. There's another way of doing it. 
You could have said, my disciple. That gets the feeling across much better. I feel like that has a different context in American culture. My student. I feel like in in America, a student would have to be like a willing thing. But here's the thing. Butler's a completely different context. Butler's a job. You do the job as a butler. Like, it's a profession. Young boy is like a student in a dojo just doing your odd jobs because you're his technical teacher. I understand your frustration. It's not frustration. It's more of just like a curiosity. And I think I also preferred the flavor of young boy better because it felt different. It felt like a new kind of angle that we haven't seen in American television. Well, this feels like an angle we've seen before. You know what I mean? That's fair. It, it just it just feels it hits different. I was waiting for ramen. We got cheeseburger. Cheeseburgers fine. I like cheeseburgers, but I was hoping ramen. It's true. It's fair. Um, but backstage, we had a, a good little segment with uh, some uh, uh, chamber members. Some artillery, some ammunition. We have uh, the good bros. Some brigade brigade boys. Yeah, and uh, Kenny Omega beating up Pinta El Cerro M. And commentary tables just going like, what the fuck, Kenny? Kenny? The fuck? Kenny takes off like these fancy ass shoes with metal toes and just jams them into Penta's eyes. And I'm like, can we just talk about fucking Kenny's outfit this week? Because it was fucking nice. Yeah, and I love that he showed up to Dynamite being like, look at my outfit, everybody. I, Miro's not the only one. I have drip now. Goddamn. You know who also has drip? No. Fucking uh, Evil Uno, because I made that fucking meme. What's up? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, you did make that meme. That's a good meme. Meme, meme, meme. Good meme, bro. Um, I'm not a meme leader. That- what the fuck am I going on about? But that whole thing happened, which set up uh, that next week we will be getting uh, the Super Elite versus... Oh, no, at Beach Break, the main event will be the Super Elite, which is the official name for uh, Kenny and the Good Brothers, versus John Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix in a six-man tag. Whatever the Bucks do, whatever third man they get to fight against this, know what they need to call that name? What? The Ultra Elite. The Uber Elite. No, 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 no. Oh, because here's the thing. In Street Fighter, Ultra comes after Super. <laughs> and Kenny's the big enough nerd to be fucking insulted by that. Yeah. Uh, but then we and then he'll come back announced. with Super Elite Turbo Edition. <laughs> That's 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 the name of the faction. That's all of them together again, like how we had the Golden Elite, which was the Bucks, Kota, and Kenny. Uh, but then we get some more announcements for the following weeks. We're gonna have Cody Rhodes' official response to Shaq next week. Uh, should be interesting. Uh, uh, the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus Dark Order next week, which uh, will be the Dark Order team of Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. 
Um, and then we are getting a tag team battle royal at Beach Break, which will decide the number one contenders for the tag championships. And as previously mentioned, the Super Elite versus John Moxley, Pack, and Ray Phoenix. And following Beach Break, the Women's Championship Eliminator Tournament. And the fucking graphic. On one side of the brackets, American flag. On the other side, a fucking Japanese flag. And the champion herself retweeted, Japanese flag in the graphic. You know what that means. The Joshis are coming. The Joshis are coming back. I'm so okay, happy. Real quick. Do you think the Joshis are being flown to Jacksonville? Or do you think that we're having an American side of the tournament and a Joshi side of the tournament that they film while in Japan and they're just going to fly the person who wins that side of the tournament over to America for the final match? I can see them doing either or, honestly. But I really hope we fly the Joshis into Jacksonville for like a month so that they can get some exposure on Dark. I wouldn't mind that, but I also kind of would just go like, I kind of want like a pure Joshi side of the tournament, just, just pure Joshi in Japan. Do it like a big whole special live segment. The only so thing you in could, like uh, sumo hall or something. Only thing is, you couldn't do it live on Dun. <gasps> Wait a second. I know what they can do. Live via satellite. No, no, no. Every other episode of Dynamite is pre-taped. Because they tape, they do two shows in one night. Bro. Add a couple extra matches on Dark, and one night when they're filming in Jacksonville, they film the two Dynamites, but they leave enough room for the second Dynamite where they can put in the Joshi matches. So, it's, <laughs> so it is all pre-recorded, and the live audience doesn't get shafted. Also... If that entire side of the brackets is Joshi, they don't have that many Joshis signed. For AEW. They're gonna have to bring in they're gonna have to bring in some new ladies. Almost as if like uh DDT, the Japanese promotion that they have an intimate relationship with, has a Joshi promotion. That's like exploding in popularity right now. Because it, it's one of the it's one of those Japanese promotions that's still going with limited crowds. Dude. Give me Ito. The the fucking foul mouth mm. idol girl. Yes. Because that's the promotion she's in. Mm. Just imagine her coming out. Asshole, just, fuck you, fuck you. Going like, hi, I'm saying shit on America. I just realized we could get Jamie Hayter back because she's been in that promotion for quite a while. Ooh. She left AEW to go to that promotion. Yeah. I don't know how she would feel about doing that. Though. I'm not sure. That's true. It's, 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 uh, and it's not. It's, just, it's not a. I don't know about her being an AEW as a wrestler. It's just more of like a, I don't know where she would be as a person. Uh, where, how she feels about it. So yeah, it'd be cool to see her. Um, also, like since we're doing this, the la the men's eliminator tournament. That led up to a title change. I love Sheeta. She's my fucking waifu. She's been a great champion. 
but she's been champion for long enough. Let's crown a new champion at the end of this. Especially because it feels like we're not necessarily ending the COVID era of wrestling, but we're... We're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and having a new champion to kind of like, not necessarily just spice things up, but to kind of be like, all right, this is a newer direction with wrestling and women's wrestling at AEW that we're taking. This is something we are setting groundwork. More groundwork, more groundwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm excited but, for this. Um, because, goddamn. Because the, also the American side of the tournament is probably going to be fucking lit, too. Because we have Layla Hirsch, Penelope Ford, Britt Baker. Big Swole. Big Swole. Hopefully Nyla can be back from quarantine in time. Nyla. Chris Statlander. Dude. What if this is leading to Chris Statlander getting hot-shotted into the championship? Statlander versus Ito. Make it happen, Tony Khan. (laughs) They're the last two, and then Statlander wins, and she takes the belt off Sheeta. But all the while, Ito... That's the feud. That's the feud that comes out of this. Because she's pissed off and goes like, fuck you, shit, shit, shit. Also, book Abaddon in the in the opening matches as like, oh man, whoever gets Abaddon, they're fucked. They're fucked, they're fucked. And then it's a really tough match, but they beat Abaddon. And then after the tournament, spin that off into a blood feud. Ooh, that'd be fun. That'd be interesting. Yeah. There's so many things they can do. Tournaments, every wrestling like every, every other month, a wrestling t- promotion should be having a fucking tournament. Every six months. I here's the thing: you can have a tournament for as long as you want, for as many people as you have. It's just, it's just, it's just like, oh, you have a hundred people in your roster. Cool, hundred person tournament. Hundred person <laughs> tournament. True. That's fair. That's fair. Because here's the thing: you can just go like, "Oh yeah, by the way, this is a tournament match. Whoever wins this gets bumped up in the uh, bumped up in the thing," and you, and you just slowly go through it, and that just gives you a bunch of matches that you just have. Okay, what are some tournament matches we haven't done yet? Okay, pop, pop, pop. Let's do you, you, and you to fill out the cards on. But they're still important mm-hmm. for the story. Yeah. I'm just showing you the entire booking playbook that we're going to be having whenever we get a wrestling promotion off the ground. Exactly. Uh. <sighs> but speaking of off the ground, we have a new tag team off the ground. Good. All out. MGF and uh, the demo god, Chris Jericho, team up against Santana and Ortiz, Proud and Powerful, Versus Sammy Hagar, which, by the way, we got a fucking cameo from the real Sammy Hagar going like, yo, yo, I love this team of Sammy Hagar. I watch wrestling and wasn't just told this through Twitter. It's still nice to see. I meant to check. I wonder if he was just guesting on the Jericho pod this week and he was like, real quick, can you sit? Can you shoot this for me? (laughs) Uh, but they decide to official officially figure out, okay, who is going to be the inner circle tag team to go for the belts so we can focus on that. And uh, go. It was a pretty solid match, though 
Um, like, I really like the mechanic of anyone can tag anyone in, so we had a lot of, like, screwy, um, blind tags and stuff like that. Um, though ultimately it did devolve into heal chicanery. I mean, it'll heal. Yeah. It makes sense. But, um, eventually MJF does get the pin on Sammy with a tights. But here's the thing. And he spent most of the match on the outside, too. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, like... With the way Inner Circle works, Sammy's probably going to go like, all right, you fucking won. Fair enough. Have you seen their Twitter shit they've been doing this week? No. Like, immediately after Dynamite, Sammy Guevara tweeted, I'm frustrated, angry emotion emoji. And then just today, MJF, like, first thing in the morning, tweeted, hey, buddy, I hate to do this publicly, but at Sammy Guevara, answer your phone." Oof. And then Sammy Guevara replied, Funny, I haven't been getting any calls. And it's a screen cap of him blocking MJF's number from the day before. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, but also... So, I loved this match. I thought this was a great main event. Really did a great job of getting all these guys over, making them look like good wrestlers and... Really hiding a bit of the fatigue Jericho's starting to get in his old age. However, I think the wrong guys won. I can. I was expecting this to be heel chicanery from MJF and Jericho, with Sammy and Hager being big old baby faces, even though they're heels, and then at the last second, Santana and Ortiz come out of nowhere and steal the pin. You know what? I like that. I understand where they're going with this, but I like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of this is angle that this is angle ahead. over angle over long term booking like this is to get this angle over not necessarily to get a new team over you know yeah it, it it the emotion is literally that Top Gear meme of this is great but I like this yeah it's not bad but it's very much leading up to an angle it's not leading mm-hmm. up to big stuff. Um, but that was Dynamite, uh, and this is normally where we'd end the show, but we did also have a couple bits of news that came out today that we should probably talk about real quick since we're doing the show a day later than normal. Um, first off, uh, reportedly, uh, by Sean Ross the date for AEW Revolution is going to be moved because it has a conflict with a big old sports thing that's happening, um... And it might end up being just the Sunday after the Saturday they were planning to do it, which would make it the first ever AEW pay-per-view to happen on a Sunday. And I'd be fine with it if it's just this one time, because I like that AEW pay-per-views are on a Saturday, because then I can justify staying up as late as I want to watch it. Yeah, I think it is just this one time. Because mm-hmm. Sunday's also WWE day. Yeah. like Which, by the way... Uh, I'm almost a month in. I've managed to keep to my thing of not watching any new WWE content this year. That's good. Uh, but then we also got a trademark they filed. Uh, now the big story was that they filed a trademark to use Too Sweet in merchandising. But then also just today, people started talking more about they filed a trademark for Battle of the Belts, which was the name of a show that back in the day, NWA and later ECW used to do regularly. 
as a super card of them and other promotions that they had belts for involved in. So people are speculating that this might be a super card AEW show that features not just the AEW champions, but the NWA champions and the Impact champions. What about DDT? We could also have DDT in there, too. We could have DDT. We could have Triple A. I don't think the Chinese promotion that they teamed up with is doing anything right now, though. So, Oh, uh, Joey Janela ties GCW. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that his promotion, or is he just heavily associated with it? Uh, he was their top star for years, and he built it really well. So, And he's trying to pay that forward these days. So while he's signed to AEW, he does a lot of work with GCW. Okay. Like, the uh, the big super show that's going to be going for 24 hours straight and will basically be a telethon, it was originally his idea. But as I was just saying, like, is it, like, because a bunch of AEW stars have, like, their own independent promotions... To build up young talent and do all that kind of stuff. I was just wondering if that... If that It kind of functions as that for Joey Janela, but it's not officially that for Joey Janela. Yeah. It's his home away from home. Yeah. It's a summer house. Ah. <laughs> uh. Uh, but yeah, that, that that is everything. That is all the news that's fit to print, so why don't you take us out of here, man? This was Modern Media Wrestling Podcast. I hope you had fun. We talked about wrestling for quite some time i have no idea how long we've been going for let's uh it says two hours on my screen but i'm willing to bet we're closer to free now maybe who knows uh but either way that was it i mean tell the people where they can find you oh yeah that's right hi i'm the vacuuminator i make youtube videos you can find me at youtube.com Slash the vacuuminator. T H E V A C U U M I N A T O R is how you spell that. And uh, you can find uh, stuff I've done on toys, stuff I've done on TV shows, on obscure Japanese media, weird storylines, all kinds of crazy crap. I'm basically the e- the WCW of YouTube channels in that I am a variety show, but also I hotshot a lot of stuff randomly. It's not the best, but. I like it. Um, you can also find me on social media. I'm on Twitter at the Vacuuminator and on Instagram at the Vacuuminator with, I believe, an underscore in there. Uh, yeah. All right then. Hey, howdy, howdy. I'm Chris Boinger Rider Gaston. Hold on. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, you can find myself on YouTube. Uh, I make video essay editorial kind of things. Uh, Boinger Rider. Just search for that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boingo underscore Rider. I'm actually tweeting a little bit more, but it's nonsense i like tweeting that more than actual opinions you're being a bit of a troll and it's enjoyable for like like it's troll but it's also like a little bit of like i i i i'm a i'm a joke bot but real real person yeah i'm trying to remember you there was one tweet i made where you were like what the fuck are you talking about because you had done free things like that in a row for three days in a row and i was like all right i gotta play into this uh, it was the one where I was talking about uh, Optimus Prime and uh, yeah. General Thunderbolt I just, uh, Ross. No, no, no. 
Oh yeah, it is. On your tweet was on realization Godzilla should use the Buster Sword to save Optimus Prime from Thunderbolt Ross. And I just sent you the screen cap of Walt going, Jesse, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And then I just made one where it's uh, limited time only, and I just repeated that until I reached the character a little bit. Ah. <laughs> uh. But you can find me on Twitter at Boingo underscore writer. You can find me on Instagram at Boingo underscore writer. I was about to say Twitter hey. for some reason. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitch. I stream there every once in a while. I haven't streamed there in a bit, but I hope to stream there some more. In fact, maybe if my friend here wants to stay on, we'll stream a little bit of a video game or something. I don't know. Potentially, but I also need a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it, so do I. But, uh, yeah. And as always, you can subscribe to Modular Media on YouTube uh, to get all our latest podcasts uh, on the YouTube style. If you want to follow us on other platforms, uh, search for Analytical Fanboys, which is one of our podcasts, where it's a book club for everything. Uh, anything and everything. Music, movies, TV shows, anime. Anime, I like anime, Back doesn't oh, like. It's on hiatus right now. Yeah, it's on hiatus right now because right now we're doing a uh, little worse than a pod, a little better than a cast, which is a WandaVision uh, mini podcast series uh, where we review every release of WandaVision. We talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, or you can follow us on Modular Media on um, Modular Media Wrestling Podcast on any of those platforms. Follow us there and you can get this podcast and listen to it on Spotify, uh, Anchor, places like that. Uh, it's not on Apple Podcasts yet, so we'll tell you when that happens. Um, but in the meantime, hope you enjoyed this week of wrestling. I hope you enjoyed this week's res uh, MMWP Live. And until next time, st stay frosty, my friends. <laughs>